0: Welcome to Series 3 of Diary She Wrote. I'm Liz Beardsell, a diarist and creator of this podcast. I have religiously handwritten a diary every day of my life since I was 12. And on the 18th of May, 2021, I wrote my 10,000th diary entry. In Series 3, I share more stories straight from my diaries, looking at modern dating, the love of friendship, the safety of women. I talk about my university experience, the benefits of therapy, and you'll hear an update on Dexter Turner, If you are new to Diary She Wrote, the podcast is made up of three series in total, each with eight episodes with overlapping storylines and characters running throughout. So I'd really encourage you to start listening from series one, episode one, Dexter Turner, where the story begins. Otherwise, it's like picking up a book and starting in the middle. If you're enjoying the podcast and want to follow me online, I'm mainly on Instagram at Diary She Wrote. All names and some factual details have been changed to protect people's identity. This episode contains sexual content, language listeners may find offensive, and references to drug use. Episode 18. Thank fuck I'm not a handmaid. In the eight years I've been single, I've had many late night snogs, countless first dates, a few one night stands, and occasionally just some really intense interactions. This episode is similar to the festival episode from series two. Rather than one overarching story, I've picked out a series of eight short stories that involve a fleeting connection between me and one other person, and somehow all made an impact in one way or another. I'll share them in chronological order, starting in 1994 with my first kiss. Wednesday the 16th of November, 1994. Everyone in the UK had just bought a lottery ticket for the first ever National Lottery Draw, taking place in three days' time. Earlier in the year, Oasis had released Definitely Maybe, and Blur had released Park Life, kicking off the battle of Britpop, and our Saturday nights were spent watching Chris Evans interview celebrities on Don't Forget Your Toothbrush. It is three days after my 13th birthday. I am in the second year of senior school, and I am the last person out of my group of eight close friends to go with someone. Go with or went with was a 90s terminology for snogging. I went with someone today. He was called Tim. I went with him for about 15 seconds and then I pulled away. He had a really small mouth. It was not how I expected it to be. Then me and Tim, Tara and Steve, Righty and Jess and Erica and Kyle all went with each other at the same time, stopping and starting when people opened the classroom door or once a prefect caught us and told us all to get out. I was dead happy because it gave us an excuse to stop. I didn't like it. I don't think Tim did either. I don't fancy him, and if he hasn't dumped me by Monday, I'll dump him. I don't want to go with anyone again unless I really fancy them. Tuesday, the 17th of November, the following day. Last night, I was working out ways to avoid Tim because I didn't want to go with him again, and then Tara told me that he was going to dump me. I saw him at break and he said, It's not really working, is it? Which didn't make sense because he hadn't even tried to make it work. But I said, No, I don't fancy you anymore. He said he was sorry, and I told him it was okay. I wish we had got off with each other four days ago. Then I could have said my first kiss was when I was 12 instead of 13. Thursday the 12th of December, 1996, two years later, age 15. I used to babysit for a boy called Peter, and soon after I started babysitting for him, his older brother asked me out on my first ever date. I went to babysit Peter tonight, I got there and the dad told me that Matt and Declan, brackets, brother and friend, would be home later. And at 9.30, they came and sat with me and asked if I wanted to do some weed. I said no and I got Peter into bed. Declan was stoned. They were rolling up weed in front of me and then the mum came home so they had to quickly clean it up. They were both so nice. I hope they are there next time I go. Friday the 13th of December. Loads of people, brackets, girls, no Declan and Beth used to fancy him. I went babysitting again tonight from 7.30 till 10.30 and at around 8.30, Matt came home and I just talked to him all night. He's so easy to get on with. Maybe a little bit up himself. He wants to get off with a lesbian. Anyway, apparently Declan said that I gave him my number. I didn't. I was telling Matt how my ambition was to be in a coke advert. He said you should go to a model agency. I said, oh, I'd feel too upset if I got turned down. But he said, you wouldn't get turned down, Liz. Wednesday, the 18th of December. I went babysitting again. Peter was being a bit naughty. Matt was at football, but he came back at 9.45 and we spent the night talking. And then I got home and he rang and said, I forgot to ask, but I really like you. And I was wondering if you want to go to the cinema and then for a Chinese meal. I'll pay and I'll organise a babysitter. So I said, yes, I'm so nervous. Thursday, the 19th of December. I always go wrong with boys. I don't want to go out with Matt tomorrow. I just felt I had to say yes when he asked me and I was so pleased that someone had asked me out. We don't know what films are on and I don't want to go for a Chinese as well. Sitting in a restaurant, just me and him. What happens when we run out of conversation? And at the end of the night, how am I going to tell him that I don't fancy him and I just want to be friends? Friday, the 20th of December. I went on my first date tonight. Matt's stepdad drove us to Stockport Cinema and we watched Matilda. Matilda. He did most of the talking and bored me a bit. And then when we got off the train, I finally plucked up the courage to tell him that I didn't want to go for a Chinese. We walked home and when we got to his house, he offered to walk me to mine and I said it's okay. He said, Liz, I've had a really good time tonight. And then he got off with me. I didn't want to get off with him, but I suppose it's what he expected us to do. I don't see the point in getting off. I don't like it. Thursday, the 6th of February, 2014, 18 years later, age 32. I quite like getting off with people now, and 2014 was a fun year in my dating history. I said bye to everyone around 3am, and I walked to the bus stop and smiled at this hot East London boy. He came and sat on the bench, so I sat next to him. He asked how my night was, we got chatting, and as a result, we missed three buses. The fourth one took us back to Dalston. And as we arrived at the junction, despite only meeting at a bus stop 10 minutes earlier, it was as if we wanted to kiss. He said, should we go for a drink? We ended up in Vision's video. As we were talking at the bar, getting closer and dancing, it then led to lots of kissing. At one point, he unhooked my bra. I got him to do it back up. And then this lady tapped me on the shoulder and said, you two just need to go home and fuck. So we thought it was time to leave. He's called Johnny, 25, and is a fashion photographer. Really fit in that hipster kind of way. I liked dancing with him and he was entertaining. We came back to mine and got undressed. He was a bit rough with his finger and tongue. He didn't come at any point and neither did I. But I enjoyed being naked with him. He went to the loo and accidentally walked in on Beth's start naked thinking it was my bedroom. I felt so bad as understandably she was pretty scared. Friday the 7th of February. I got ready after one hour's sleep whilst Johnny had a snooze and then I got him up and out the door with me at 8am. We walked down the street together and got to the station. He went to shake my hand and I was like, what are you doing? Why are you shaking my hand? And then we kissed, but he'd not brushed his teeth and he'd just gone down on me. I could then smell me on my face on the way to work. Not a good way to start the day. Tuesday, the 18th of November, 2014, age 32, nine months later. I've been dating a guy called Julian, who briefly appears in episode 14, I've Changed My Mind. Julian was the first guy that I had enjoyable sex with after Eric helped me solve my vaginismus from episode 7, Can I Tell You A Secret? And because I'm finally enjoying sex, I understandably want more sex with Julian. It's the day of our third date. I met Julian at the Clapton Heart. We sat in a little booth so we were close together, which was nice. The chat evolved better than previous dates and I was having a good time. And then about 10 minutes in, he says, so I need to tell you something. I've met this girl and I've been on a few dates. And I'm thinking, okay, he's just telling me he's dating other girls. But he goes on to say, and I don't like dating more than one girl. So I'm going to have to stop seeing you, but I'd really like to be friends. So now I'm thinking, ouch, I wasn't expecting this. Why has he picked her? What has she got that I haven't? Who is she? I said, well, this has never happened before. And then neither of us knew what to say. I began to ask a few questions, starting with, When did you meet her? The Sunday after our last date. They met in a pub over a game of pool. And as I'm listening to his answers, I'm hoping my face isn't looking gutted. And I'm also thinking, I don't like you as much as you think I do. But as the night goes on, I start to like him more and I feel pissed off that I can't have him. After one drink, I ask if he wants another and he's shocked that I do. I'm having a nice time and still happy to hang out. And this whole time we all sat so close together. And during the second drink I tell him that I fancy him even more now I can't have him. I think he smiled. We get a third drink and we're staring at each other and I think he just says what? And I decide to tell him what I'm thinking and I say I don't like it when I don't get what I want. And he asks what do you want? I said you. And then he leaned in to kiss me once. He pulled away and was no doubt thinking about what he wanted to do. And I think he said that out loud, I can't fully remember. I said there must be a reason you chose this other girl over me. He doesn't say anything in response, but goes on to say, you look really nice tonight. I'm thinking, I know, this is intentional. He said we have great sex and I want to come home with you. We have a proper kiss. I go to the loo, come back and ask, are you sure you want to do this? He was. We walk home and he tells me he's had two dates with this girl. They've not slept together and he's not looking for a girlfriend. I tell him that I'm not looking for a boyfriend, which may have sounded unconvincing as what I meant was I'd like a boyfriend, but I know you're not the right guy for me. We only had sex about three times, but it was still really good and I'm so glad I'm finally enjoying sex. We fell asleep with him hugging me and then I woke at 3am needing the loo and my period had started again. Like a miracle, it stopped just when I needed it to. I came back to bed and wanted him to hug me again, but he didn't. I didn't sleep well and had dreams about him. I planned what to say in the morning, and I sat next to him and said, I like hanging out with you, I like sleeping with you, and I like lying next to you, but I'm happy for it not to go anywhere. And what I was trying to say was, can we be friends with benefits? I asked him to let me know where he was at. He said he would, and although I don't want to say it out loud, I don't think he'll want to see me again. He kissed me on the cheek, then on the lips, but when he left, there was no kiss. Friday, the 6th of January 2017, age 35, two years later. I have a first date from a dating app. Had such a productive day. So excited for my date this evening. Really high hopes after the good chat. I checked his pictures on the bus to remind myself who to look out for and headed to the Hunteress. Ian, 29, a chef, sat at the bar when I arrived and I thought, oh, shame. I don't think I fancy you. It took us about 20 minutes to warm up, and then we had some really interesting chats about family, meditation, drugs, past relationships. And at one point I thought, although not the most attractive in my eyes, he's interesting and seems kind, with a nice temperament. I like him. He's from Plymouth, he's passionate about cooking and food, and a little rough around the edges, which I think I need. He was drunk at a much faster pace than me, getting a bit slurry with his words, and then said, I used to be quite big so I can hold my drink. But one drink later, he was like, oh shit, now I feel drunk. We'd moved to the Duke of Wellington as he thought the hunteress was a bit pretentious. And before he got drunk, I definitely wanted to see him again. Not even thinking that he didn't fancy me. And then he said, I've had a really nice evening. And I was smiling, nodding along and said, so have I, thinking he was going to say, let's do it again. But then he said something like, but I don't think we'd work. There's been no flirting. I was so taken aback. I smiled and pretended to agree, thinking, why don't you fancy me? I look nice, we've been smiling and laughing, and I thought you were interested in me and my life. Does my breath smell? Is it because I've been too honest? Is it because I stayed with someone I didn't love for 11 years? What don't you like? I felt ego bruised and rejected and wanted to cry. So stupid from a man I'd known for three hours. Sunday, the 16th of July, 2017, seven months later. I have another first date from a dating app. This is an example of all the things that can go through your head on a first date. Had a quick power nap, dinner, and then set off to Brixton to meet Graham. We met at the station. He was running late, so was a little bit anxious, sweaty, and apologetic. He arrived with what looked like powder on his nose and had a twitch in one eye. He'd just come from the Lambeth Country Show, so offered to go back there or to a pub with a beer garden. I opted for the pub. We set off and he took me the wrong way. I prefer meeting at a venue so you can start that getting to know you chat sat down. We got through the opening first date questions and it was only when he spoke about his job, a teacher, that I relaxed and was more interested. I think I've done too many dates too close to each other, I'm bored of them and want a break. Anyway, Graham, he talks a lot, intelligent, didn't love his job and was a bit like, I'm not sure what I want to do, which was uninspiring. But then later, he told me about his love for writing and how he was on the third draft of a book about stories from his life aged 7 to 10, which was lovely to hear. He was passionate about his mum and sister, but facing problems with his half-brother. Anyway, the whole way through I'm thinking a hundred thoughts. Do I like him? He's hot. I'd like him to kiss me. I'm not sure I liked his wave. Again, is he hot? Maybe not from this angle. Oh, I love it when he talks about writing and his sister. But is that gesture making me cringe. Could I see you in my life? I wonder what his mum is like. He lives at home. I need someone who is at the same stage of their life as me. I don't want to be the mum in a relationship. I don't fancy him. He's not the one. But maybe worth a second date. We are sat quite close. Does he like me? Does he want to kiss me? Oh, now we're moving inside. You can't kiss me in there. It's way too light. And then we'll say bye at the station. Definitely not there. All of this on one date. It's so ridiculous. And still on my mind. Dexter Turner. Tuesday, the 6th of November 2018, one year later. This isn't a date. To me, this felt like a very intense interaction with Jimmy, my carpenter, who made a brief appearance in episode one, Dexter Turner. If I'm still in contact with people who feature in the podcast, I ask them to take a listen and check they are comfortable with the content. And asking Jimmy to listen to this weirdly felt like the most awkward entry I've shared. I tried to make myself look nice as Jimmy was coming over to do my lounge shelves and rebuild my flower beds. I open the door and I swear he looks at me like no one else does, in kind of admiration and in such a loving way. We do some small talk and I talk him through the shelves and he helps me hang a picture. He asks me what's stored in my window box and I tell him it's for my diaries and I explain that I share stories from them at spoken word nights. And he said that he used to do open mic. I asked if he was a comedian, but he was in a band and used to sing and play an instrument, which I never would have guessed. I'd talk him through the flower beds and show off my new kitchen doors. But I could tell he was distracted, so I was like, Jimmy, look at my doors, knowing that he would like them. And then he gently touched my arm and said, sorry. In every conversation, we hold eye contact for way too long and stand close to the needed, and I just want to kiss him. And I don't want to leave for work, but there is nothing left to say. So I put on my coat and I grab my bag, and then as I'm about to leave, he says, Oh yeah, I moved into a new place? And I said, Already? You'd only just bought somewhere when we first met a few years ago. And he said, Yeah, the relationship broke down. And I was like, What? Thinking, You've specifically chosen to tell me this detail. I asked how long they were together and what happened. And then I said, So you are single? And he said, Yes, are you single? And my face is grinning, my stomach is flipping, my heart is beating and my pants are moist all at once and I say yes and then nervously ask how the dating is going. And he said, yeah, okay, you? And I said, yeah, I've been doing it a while now. And then we talk some more about the wood for the shells and I say bye. And walking away I'm so excited and giddy and I message Willow to say, oh my God, Jimmy is single. And I kind of skip to work getting more and more wet at the thought of kissing him. And I draft a message to send to him this evening once I've checked I'm happy with the work, thinking this is such a safe bet. When I get home, I check the shelves and the flower beds, and I message him to say thank you. And then I sent this message. Also, fuck it, would you like to go for a drink? If the answer is no, will you still be my carpenter? And he replied saying, ha ha, I'll always be your carpenter. That would be nice, but I'm kind of seeing someone, nothing serious. I'm officially single, but I'm not going to fuck her about right now. I definitely would like to, though, if it doesn't work out. This was totally not the response I was expecting, and I quickly went from excited and happy to low and sad, but not too sad. I sent one back saying, OK, fair enough, good night. And he said, Good night, Liz. Tuesday, the 17th of September 2019, 10 months later. I have now decided to definitely launch a podcast sharing stories from my diaries. And this subject now begins to come up when I'm on a date. I had a date with Harry who I was looking forward to meeting. I was searching for him in the pub and then I turned around and there he was, holding our drinks, with the most welcoming happy face smiling back at me. Immediately his smile reminded me of Russ and his accent reminded me of Jimmy. I think he was a bit nervous as he stumbled on his words a few times and then apologised. He has a two-year-old boy called Sonny, who he clearly adores. Sonny lives in Cambridge with his mum, who is 10 years older than Harry. They were together seven years, but split up after Sonny was one. He said maybe because of the age difference, and maybe because she wanted to move to Cambridge and he wanted to stay in London. They managed to become friends, and it's amicable. In his messages, he had said he had enjoyed being single, but was now ready to meet someone. He tells me he's had too many relationships with friends of friends and splitting up with his ex, and he's had two hinge dates before me. The chat was good. It didn't constantly flow, but I fancied him straight away and was thinking, you're a good one, Liz, don't fuck this up, hold his attention. Towards the end of the second drink, as we were getting ready to go, we got onto the subject of my podcast, and he said he'd really like to take a listen. I sort of flinched, knowing the content, and said, it's kind of explicit. And he said, wait, what? Now I feel like I don't know you at all. And I said, well, it's about relationships, and obviously they involve sex, so I talk about my sex life. And he was like, now I want another drink. Do you want another drink? He was clearly tired and as he hadn't eaten, he was a little drunk. We'd had a good night, so we didn't need another. I said, I want to see you again, but let's end tonight now. And he said, yeah, next time I'll make sure I eat first. And then he said, I also want to see you again. You are intelligent. And I'm thinking, why does he think that? I've done nothing to demonstrate that I'm intelligent. I'm always shocked when I hear people call me that. And then I think he said interesting, and maybe one more compliment, and then attractive. I said thanks, and I wanted to say the same back, but you don't know if it feels genuine or just like you're returning the compliment. So I said as soon as I saw your smile, I fancied you. And he joked, oh, so it's just my looks you like? And then he said, so, this sex podcast, are you really kinky? Because I'm straight down the line. No, kidding, I'm open to anything. And I was like, it's not a sex podcast. We were walking up to the junction where we'd say bye and finally there had been some physical contact as our arms and shoulders casually bumped into each other. And I really wanted to kiss him, but it was too public and he didn't go for it. We had a hug and kissed on the cheek. I was smiling on the bus journey home and I really wanted to see him again. But then that excitement comes mixed with the anxiety of hoping he genuinely feels the same. He messaged to say get home safe. It would be great to hang out again on a second date and that he'd like to hear the podcast. Wednesday the 18th of September, the following day. And at 10.30am, I sent Harry my pilot episode and said, here it is, I had a listen this morning and the sexual content isn't as heavy as I remembered, but sure you'll learn more about me. Let me know what you think. I guess it's overwhelming to think someone is writing about you in that much detail. But it didn't put Marvin off when I sent it to him. And then I spent the rest of the day checking my phone for a reply, thinking maybe he'd listen at lunch. Then maybe he'd listen in the evening. Still feeling confident he would reply, as he's been consistent, never leaving it longer than a day. But by 9.30pm I'm welling up, and at 10.30pm I'm crying, thinking it's rude. Maybe he's busy, but just a simple reply saying I'll listen later. And then different thoughts of maybe he's woken up and changed his mind, or maybe he's listened and thought, no fucking way, I don't want to be in a podcast. I just want someone to love it's been so long. I hate the unknown and jumping to conclusions and quickly moving from that feeling of excitement to total doubt and confusion. But then I also think, thank fuck I'm not handmade. Each week I'll recommend a podcast I've been enjoying. During lockdown, I'm sure, like me, you really saw the benefits of our daily walks and perhaps connected with nature in a way you didn't really appreciate before. As pollution temporarily dropped, the birdsong became even more prevalent and wildlife began to reclaim their homes. I even had a heron land in my yard in Hackney. A friend of mine works for the RSPB and she really inspired me to learn more about birds. So I started listening to Get Birding podcast by Maya Rose Craig, also known as Bird Girl. Maya is a racial, equality and environmental campaigner. When she was 14, she set up an organisation called Black to Nature. The organisation campaigned for equal access to nature for all, specifically focusing on visible minority ethnic communities. On the podcast, she welcomes celebrity birdwatchers to share their love of birdwatching and tips to help you discover more about the birds on your doorstep. If you've started to notice the birdsong more over the last year and want to learn more, this is a great podcast for any novices and might pique your interest to start a new hobby. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'd love to hear your feedback, so please do contact me on Instagram at DiarySheWrote. If you'd like to help out an independent podcast, please do subscribe, rate and write a two-minute review. And if you know anyone who would also enjoy the stories, please do tell them all about it. A friend recommendation is so helpful when it comes to supporting the podcast. For further details on characters and locations, please see the show notes. Diary She Wrote was produced in partnership with Birdline Media, with original music by Ethan Illingworth. And I can't believe I missed this off series one and two, but the artwork was designed by the amazing Robbie Porter.